As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Come on, beat drop. Yeah. Welcome in. Episode 8, BLT Bets. Bag Milk, Tyler and Liam, we are here and we are ready to talk some sports betting with you. And we've we've been like super hockey focused for a few shows now. And today we're going to we're going to change that up a little bit. We're going to talk F1. Uh, we're going to talk baseball, basketball, golf, and soccer. What a variety sandwich. Oh, delish. Delish. It's a little, there's a little mayo on this BLT. Everybody loves it. <laughs> uh, okay. But we are going to start with hockey talk. Um, you know, that TikTok trend going around right now, that's like, sometimes when I'm lonely, I think about it often. That is me looking back on how much fun we had betting McDavid and Dreisaitl over one and a half points that entire playoff. <laughs> it was money in the bank more often than not. It was. It was just, one. Unbelievable. Both of them really were unbelievable. And the, also the other thing that was unbelievable to me was just <laughs> towards the back half of the Oilers playoff run, how bad the odds got for McDavid over one and a half points. It was just like, how is this what you're giving me? There was a couple of games where I bet on it. I still bet on it regardless at minus 160 or something like that. That's not good odds for two points in the National Hockey League, but hey, we ride or die. Okay, but... Like it's not good odds and I totally understand that. But even when it's minus 160, that's implied odds of a 61% chance of it happening. All right. Connor McDavid in this playoff run went (laughs) over one and a half points in 12 of 16 games. Yep. I'm not that good at math, but that's a good payout. Like you got, and there were games too. And I should, we should say like minus minus one sixty is like the worst it got. There were a few times, like I think early in the Colorado series, even, and even early in Calgary where it shifted to like close to even money. I bet on that Connor McDavid over one and a half. I think every game in the first round, for sure. Every game in the second round. And I think one or only one or two of four. In, in the Western Conference Finals, but it was hilarious how often it hit. Um, and the other, the better one of the two was Drysaddle over one and a half points. And Liam, you were hammering the, this every single day. It hit in <laughs> nine of 16, which you're like, okay, uh-huh. nine of 16. That's like barely over 50%. But the payouts were gross. Yeah, I think even for the last game, 
what he had four primary assists. And I don't even know if it was one leg. It felt like half a leg by the time the end of the game came around. Yeah. And I believe it was at plus 140 to start the game. I was like, okay, well, the Oilers are going out, but at least I made some money. And it was like a joke going around that I would just wake up and it just bet it. And it wasn't a joke. That's exactly what I was doing every single Oilers game day to win the bag. Wake up, eat a banana, bet dry settle over one and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> we did get an update. There was uh, five bananas on game four. That's, I think that's very important. With one honorary. The fifth was an honorary banana for the boys. Yeah, it was a posthumous banana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> posthumous banana. <laughs> Uh, that could be uh, the title of this episode, actually. Um, my So you mentioned Drysaddle with four primary assists. If you remember back to our third round playoff preview episode, I took Drysaddle over four and a half assists for the series. He had two going into that game. And I was like, damn it, he's not hitting it. And sure as shit, Leo came through. Three apples. It was sweat free. He got the fifth one or he got the sixth on the series, too. It was uh, that was a big, big one for me. And speaking of the series bets, I've already hit Kucherov over two and a half goals as well. Cha-ching. Ka-chow. Ka-chow. It's, uh, it's too bad the Oilers kind of got shut out on that one game because those bets for the dry side of the McDavid's have a point in every single game. Like, well, they got him in all the other ones, right? They got him in dry side on missed on game three, three as well. Four. Yeah. Um, McDavid was three oh, four dry side. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah. close. Very close. Um, yeah. Again, I mean, the Oilers getting bounced. Like I, I thought it was going to be a longer series than it was. Like if you had asked me to pick one of those two series that was going to be short, I probably would have said the lightning Rangers was going to be the shortest of the two. Um, and that, just hasn't been the case. The Avs roll over the Oilers. They look like a juggernaut. Like I, I know Liam, your thing is like, you're not going to bet against Tampa, but even if it's Tampa, Colorado, I mean, Colorado just looks so damn good. I've changed my mind now after watching Colorado so closely for four games, (laughs) I am not betting against Colorado. Like I just, they're going to go to the finals. And if they sweep again, would anybody be that shocked? Like, I wouldn't like they absolutely rolled the Oilers. They, they pretty like they were one period away from beating St. Louis in five as well. They fell yeah. asleep in game five. Was it? Yeah. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. And then rolled over Nashville with no goalie. So consider that, I suppose, but like Tampa and New York have had to grind to get to this far in the playoffs. Like Colorado's fresh, yeah. but they have no, they have more time off. They've, they've basically had, the Did maximum we, time off you can have all yeah. pretty much, right? They've but lost two games in the playoffs through three routes. Like that's stupid. Yeah. Nashville was it like they lost their starting goalie or whatever, but like you don't get to the playoffs on a scratch ticket and they've just been steamrolling people. It's not even close. Um, we don't really know what the odds will be yet for the Avs, whoever they play, but one, like they're stupid favorites. Now I'm, I'll, I'll fire up points bet here, uh, points bet Canada and take a peek at it, but they're stupid favorites to win the cup, which means they're going to be favorites, whoever they play. Uh, the Avs are minus two fifty to win the Stanley cup right now. Like that's wild. Um, but the interesting one for me is the con Smythe. Kale mm, McCarr awesome. and Nathan McKinnon are really close. McCarr plus one seventy five, McKinnon plus 200. I would take Makar. I actually think betting on Makar is a smarter bet than betting on the abs to win the cup. I think Makar really showed what he had in that Oilers series. Like the way he just played against McDavid, like that one play in particular where he, it was kind of, I think it was game two 
when they were coming in, he just poked the puck right off his stick and they were both skating, not with full speed, but pretty good. And I just think Makar has caught the eyes of so many people this playoffs. Like, I think it's pretty obvious why he's the favorite over McKinnon. He's a hell of a hockey player Yeah. in, you know, uh, it's not just, I don't remember who said it, but he's not just an offensive defenseman either. He just, he's an absolute animal out there. So I think betting on him for the cons might, I mean, that's a, I, I'd say that's a pretty healthy bet. Yeah. I, and he was better than McKinnon in the conference finals. I think he, he really brought his game up a level. Um, speaking of the, he se- wasn't filthy dirty, although yeah. that has nothing to do with betting. <laughs> that, that's fair. Um, the other bet that I had, or one of the other bets I had for the conference finals, I went four and three or I'm four and three so far. Um, I got Kale McCarr at minus 150 to put up more points than Darnell Nurse. And that was just silly. Like, I wish I would have bet more on it. McCarr ends the series with nine points. Darnell Nurse ends the series with three. Like, that yeah. was just such a lock. Like, McCarr is on another level. Yeah. And Nurse couldn't even skate properly. Like we found out yesterday, like all of us knew he was injured, but no one quite knew exactly what it was. And torn hip flexor, the fact he was even playing was impressive. And the fact, yeah, walking was impressive. Like, and to put that as a bet, like that just seems, seems a bit silly to me. It's not quite equivalent, is it? No. Um, The other, I'm just sorry. I'm going to go. That's always one of the wildest things about the playoffs. Sorry, Tyler. It's just when that comes out, like today, Ken Holland did his year end presser and he's just like Darnell nurse, his hip was falling off. Leon Dreisaitl has got one leg, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, shoulder injury. Yes. A pulley shoulder injury. And there's a bunch of other guys that stuff as well. It's just wild what these guys play through. Yeah. Um, this is off topic, but points by Canada has the odds on who's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft up. And Shane Wright is minus 1,250, which means if you were to put $100 on Shane Wright to be the first overall pick, you would profit eight bucks. <laughs> hey, that's the easiest eight bucks you'll ever make, though. What was Cooley? Logan Cooley is plus 1,600, which means if you were to put $100 on Logan Cooley, it would pay out $1,700. Chris I Peters has Cooley as his number one pick. That's that's my thing too. Like a lot of people have Cooley going one. Like I think the Habs will ultimately take Shane Wright because he's yeah. Canadian. But I don't know. Like I don't think it's that that likely that you know Shane Wright's going first overall. Might be worth throwing a little bit on Cooley. Yeah, plus sixteen hundred. Why not? Yeah, a couple of shekels. Five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. Five bucks. Could surprise me. It is Montreal after all. Like could surprise you with something weird. And their mm-hmm. GM is, or sorry, not their GM technically, but Jeff Gordon, he's American, isn't he? Yeah. And maybe Kent Hughes would take his son. What's Jack Hughes' odds to go first overall? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there will be another Jack Hughes coming in. Yeah, he is. Jeff Gordon is American. So maybe he's sitting there just being like, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. Cause you remember his press conference where he like struggled to speak French, but really tried his best to do it. And he's like, sorry, I'm American. I don't speak French. How funny of a moment would it be though? If Jeff Gordon goes up to this stage, like the crowd in Montreal would go nuts if he did this and he announces the first overall pick in like perfect French. That'd be cool. I bet, like I wouldn't be surprised if he's been working on that exact thing. I wish I could bet on that right now because I bet he does it. <laughs> Goes up. I bet he does exactly that. It, maybe it won't be perfect French, but I I would bet I'd empty the clip on him announcing it in French in Montreal. That like if you want to talk about a way to like endear yourself to a fan base, that's how you do it. 
that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. They've got an obsession with hiring only French folks <laughs> and the fact that they didn't this time around, but if he uh, comes out and like, and says it in French, come on, everybody love it. Speaking of the Habs and I'm again, going to go off on a tangent that has nothing to do with betting. How weird is it that everyone just sort of accepts the fact Marty St. Louis now an NHL head coach? Like, Oh Yeah. That guy Pee-wee never did the big leagues, baby. Like he was coaching peewee teams or whatever, like bantam teams. Yep. And then it was it's, like, eh, you're good enough to that exact point. Like I just, for the others, a recap, Jay Woodcroft's uh, press conference on social media as he was talking. And if you think about his journey, he was a video coach for like 200 some odd games. And then he was an assistant coach for like a thousand games. And then he went down to the American league for three, four years. And then he's back up, finally get a chance, but it took Dave Tippett getting fired to get him there. And then yeah, Marty St. Louis was coaching his kids peewee or whatever it was straight to the show. Can you imagine being one of those like lifelong American league coaches, just like grinding for your shot years and years (laughs) of riding the bus and breaking up like grainy tape of AHL games. And Marty St. Louis like, Oh yeah, my peewee team is pretty good. And the Habs are like, damn it. You're in. We won a Christmas tournament. He did the brick tournament a few years ago in Edmonton. He was a head coach of a brick team. He might not actually, you know what? He was the assistant coach yeah. of the brick team. I don't think he was a head coach. Yeah. Cause I, I did play by play for that year when he was there. And uh, right. one, I stood at a urinal next to Marty St. Louis once and his quads are massive. Like you see them in person and it's like, holy quads. shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, back, a, to the, back to the bet. No, huh? <laughs> I was going to say Chris Weidman was on the suitcase in the scribe today and he spoke about Marty St. Louis and he said some of the trainers and stuff that had been at Montreal for like 30 years, they said when St. Louis came in and did like his introduction speech, like the trainers were just blown away with what this guy said. They were like, they have never heard any coach come into that Canadian's dressing room and like, just be so like inspiring to his players and all that kind of stuff. So quite interesting. It is. And he's got an extension now. Montreal is going to be an interesting team. Like they're going to have a number one overall pick in their lineup next season, assuming they keep the pick, which they obviously I think would. Can you imagine if they number one overall pick in front of your home fan base and they just go like, you know what? We're going to move down to six. Just get a couple of second rounders. Also, uh, a shout out to Dominic Ducharme, who's still being paid for another couple of years to just kind of hang out and chill, you know? Man, there's, that'd be a great life if you were like, I know there's the competitiveness of these guys and all that, but for us as outsiders, can you imagine if someone came up to you right now? It's like, Hey, you're not going to do your job anymore. You're like, what? Like, yeah, but we still got to pay you for three more years. Oh, yeah. You can just like chill, you know, wake up and watch ping pong at like 4am if you want, because that's when it's on. Mm -hmm. I like it. Uh, do we have any other Stanley cup stuff? Like I, I'd imagine, well, we will, we'll definitely be doing another episode before the Stanley cup finals. So like, I don't know. I, I think this series between the Rangers and lightning is going to go seven games. That's my best guess. I think the Rangers maybe bounce back in game five. I'm not willing to bet against the lightning losing again though. So I like points, but has the series minus minus one ten to go seven games. I'm on that, but I'm not really on a whole heck of a lot else. Yeah, me neither. I mean, like for the Rangers perspective, I thought they had a chance to kind of really put their their foot on the throat of the lightning when they were up. What was it? 2-1 going into the third period of game three, but then ultimately uh, lost that one. So I wouldn't bet against the two-time champs. And it seems like Vasilevsky woke up here as well. So that's a rough one. But I would go with you on going to seven games for sure. Minus 110. I, I would sprinkle on that. 
I would say one quick thing, if you want to get an early jump on some con Smythe odds, Vasilevsky, I believe, was plus 500, right, yeah. to win. Now he's plus 900. If Tampa's winning, like, he's going to probably win the con Smythe. So if you want to jump on that, now it looks pretty good, even with the series tied. I'd be curious what it was when they were down 2-0, to be honest. I bet it was probably 2,000, maybe. I don't know, maybe not that high. Uh, the interesting thing, too, like, and maybe I think this is a bit of a lesson in terms of how you attack betting on favorites in playoff series. But Tampa Bay goes down 0-2 and their odds went all the way into the plus side, right? Like, I think you could have found them at like plus 120 at one point when they were down 2 nothing, And they hadn't played a game at home yet. And I just think like maybe this is logic we apply to the Stanley Cup final. If all three of us think Colorado are going to win, but the Avs will probably open up as like minus 190 favorites or something. Right. So if they open up as minus 190, they haven't played in 10 or 11 days. The other team will be coming in nice and hot. Maybe you just wait till after game one, hope the Avs lose and then go, okay, I'm in on a live bet because their odds will plummet from minus 190 to like even money if they lose game one. Big, a uh, big story with that finals will be for the Lightning is how healthy or not Lightning, the Avalanches, how healthy are they going to be? You know, they had, they got beat up a little bit in the series against the Oilers. Is Kadri going to be able to play? You know, they said he was out for the remainder of that's the Western Conference finals, but what about the finals? Uh, Barakowski didn't look like himself in game four after taking that shot in game one for Bouchard. So mm. they're banged up too. So I wonder how many guys will be healthy or at least healthy enough to play over this next week. Eight even days, nine days, whatever it is. Even Kemper, right? Like I think the Oilers did a better job of getting to Francis in game four, but his life wasn't like overly difficult. Now you go and play a New York or Tampa who have had to go up against elite goaltending at both ends. Like it might be a little easier for them to score on him compared to what they've just had to deal with for six, seven games, yeah. whatever he mm-hmm. goes to. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, we talk about guys playing through injuries and stuff. The headline of Kadri may miss the rest of the playoffs with a thumb injury. Like it makes you think like you think a thumb injury is like, all right, just bandage it up, like splinter it. He's going to play. His thumb must be like mangled. Oh, yeah. I thought that too. Apparently he's in a cast, right? It didn't someone tweet that out that he was casted up. I, I um, that, but. but either way, like, yeah, like, like we just said, nurse at a torn hip flexor, like, dry saddle at a high ankle sprain. What was that a few years ago? Carlson was playing on like a torn ACL or something like that, right? Yeah, he was like stupid crazy. Shane Wilder last year literally ended his career because he was so hurt. And now Kadri's fight, he must be like just broken in like six or seven spots. Maybe not that that much, but that must must be hanging off. Yeah, it would have to be, I think, to like keep him out of the lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, okay. I actually have one more bet before we shift to our other sports. Um, Andre Palat has picked up at least a point in four of his last five games. He's been sick. Like he's got four goals in his last five games points, but has him at minus one ten to pick up a point tomorrow night in game five. I think that's something to look at. Um, even if you're not confident with a winner on either side, I think taking Palat to get a point. And I also, I've been really big into the Mika Zibanejad assist prop as well at plus 120. I think both those are like pretty good spots heading into game five. So those will be my two game five suggestions. I have one quick one too. So this is one I've hit pr- uh, pretty often, I would say, in the throughout the playoffs. So Adam Fox rarely scores. Like I think he had six goals in the regular season. He might have wanted to in the playoffs now. His points are always around like minus 180. 
but his assists are always between minus 120 and 140. If he's getting a point, he's getting an assist more likely than a goal. So if you're looking to bet on Adam Fox, I would recommend mm. betting his assist rather than betting on his points because you get a little bit more value there. Even power play points too. That's where he gets a lot of his, a lot of his points from. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Which is plus one forty right now for game six, uh, five. Um, moving away from hockey, is there anything better now that I mean the three of us from an Oilers perspective are cruising into off season mode? Is there anything better than the days where the Toronto Blue Jays play in the afternoon? I just loaded up a bet. I was just as you were talking, I just loaded up a bet. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? I did a uh, same game parlay. I got Kikuchi to record the win. I got Matt Chapman over one, over a half base, Vladimir Guerrero over one and a half bases. And that comes out a tasty little plus 700. Whoa. Okay. Wait, I, Whoa. I, I want this rolled, uh, rolled past me one more time for uh, no specific reason. Um, <laughs> so just hit me so with I that. Hit me that with the end. Kikuchi to record the win. Okay. Like, so the Jays, as we're recording today on Wednesday, they're going to sweep the Royals. So Kikuchi to record the win. Okay. Plus Chapman over a half base okay. in the match. Guerrero over one and a half bases in the match. And that's coming out at plus 700. Mm-hmm. Yep. That sounds uh, interesting. If I was someone with a uh, sports book that allowed me to make that bet, <laughs> I would be very intrigued by it. I was, I was like, I thought it was a mistake when I saw the plus 700 beside it. Cause I thought it, you know, I thought it was a reasonable bet considering how the, the Jays have been playing recently yeah. and in this series. So I'm hopeful. I'm feeling good about it. Why is Kikuchi plus 195 to record the win while the Jays are uh, minus 130 on the money line? Well, that's what I was going to. I was going to ask you is I'm like, is there something that I don't know about what's going on with Kikuchi right now? Because the odds on this are just crazy good. Yeah. Um, also, if he's going to re- so if he's going to record the win, he's got to pitch at least five innings, which means he's got to get at least five. 15 outs. So you could get him over 15 and a half outs in this parlay as well, which I will be doing. Um, and then you got Chapman and then it was Guerrero over one and a half bases. Or Guerrero to record a hit. Uh, over one and a half bases. Mm, okay. Juicy. Juicy. I like it. All right. Um, I am in on this. I dig. I dig. I dig. Uh, this you is- know what? There's none better little uh, afternoon baseball on a Wednesday. Come on. I know. I'm telling you. All right. That is secured Um, by adding in the Kikuchi over 15 and a half outs, which is risky. Um, Obviously he's going to have to pitch into the sixth inning for that to happen. I got it up to 1100. (laughs) Sweaty. That's juicy. That's chasing the dragon a little bit on them odds. If you want to play it safe, um, the one thing that I've been really loving and finally it's paying out because I bet this almost almost every Jays game day, not quite every Jays game day. There's some pitching matchups I steer away from, but just parlaying Jays to win and over four and a half runs has been insane. If you go back to May 24th, they hit it against St. Louis, then they hit it against L.A. in three of the four. So that's four and one is the record if you parlayed the two. And then they hit it once twice, three times against the Chai Sox, which means seven in one is the record. And against the Twins, because I, I actually did it for all three of those games as well. They missed twice, hit it once. But even then, that's 10 and three is the record parlaying that. Now they've hit it back to back against the Royals. So I'm riding with that, too. Like, it's just super safe. If you parlay their team total with the Jays to win, it's uh, 
I'll, I'll do the odds here quickly, actually, in the bet builder. Uh, Blue Jays over four and a half and the win is plus 120. Like it, it really does feel like one of those things that's kind of a little bit of free money right now, at least in my opinion. I love that. Yeah, I like baseball. that. Love I like baseball that. bet. All right. Uh, what else do we got here on the script? Oh, NBA finals tonight. Liam, yes. I tasked you before the show started a few hours ago. <laughs> I said, Liam, do my dirty work for me. Find me some NBA finals props. What do you have? I have a few. We'll start off with the big dogs. So on Golden State, obviously, Steph Curry's probably the best player in this series. And the Celtics have not been able to contain him at all. So we had 34 points in game one, 29 in game two. Now, obviously, this game three is going back to Boston. But his point total is 28 and a half. And he sat out quite a lot of the fourth because in game two because they were up so much. So right now tonight is 28 and a half at minus 115. I feel like until the Celtics prove they can stop Curry, that'd be a good, that'd be a good spot to go. If you're on the golden state Warriors side, as for the Celtics best player, Jason Tatum, 27 and a half is his point total in nine home games. This playoffs, he said it in five games. So he's at like Hmm. 50%, I suppose, but he played much better last game than game one. So I would think that would be a good spot for him to come back. And I just think that rink, that not rink, different sport, that arena is going <laughs> to be- Which also is a rink. Because they play at the rink. same spot. Yes. Um, a couple other ones I have. Here's one that I don't like doing this, but I've done this a couple of times on the show. <laughs> <laughs> 19, under 19 and a half points for Clay Thompson. Okay. He's only gone over once in his last seven games and he's just not shooting well at all. So last game, um, obviously when the bench guys come in, like all the starters go out, but Clay, Clay Thompson stayed in to try and like get a rhythm and stuff like that, you know, like feel the ball a little bit better. And he just kept missing every single show he made. I can't, I can't remember how many points he finished with, but he's just not, just not playing like Clay Thompson right now. Mm. So I think until kind of like, with the Celtics trying to defend Curry until they can figure out until Thompson can figure out how to put the ball in the basket. That's one I like. And then just one, one more. That's a little juicy. Marcus smart 13 and a half points is plus one Oh five. He has hit this in three of his last four granted last game. I think he only finished with two points, but the whole team didn't play well. Okay. So he said it three of the last four and 11 of his last 17 playoff games. So I, that's where I would go. And then, I don't know, in the finals, it's so it's so hard to say who's going to kind of come on top, especially when Golden State's, you know, Golden State has all the experience and the Celtics of this group has never been to the finals before. So I don't know which way it would go. Celtics are the favorite right now to win, but I might just stay away from that kind of stuff and just go with player props. I like the, What's, what are some of the there? most fun? Uh, I don't, I don't bet on basketball at all. So Liam, what are some of the fun player props to do in basketball? I like, um, I like doing the points assist rebounds. Cause then that way you're engaged in like the whole, the whole game. Like it, it, every time that player does something, you're kind of rooting for them the whole time. I like doing that one. Um, another thing I like to do is just make, big like same game parlays but if you're gonna do that you gotta hit the milestones rather than like the totals for example if like marcus smart tonight his his where threes is one and a half but if you hit him on the milestones he just has to hit one three 
Uh, yeah, okay. so he doesn't have to get the two. So it's like a little bit more in your favor. The odds are obviously a little bit lower, but yeah. then you put him into parlays, it kind of works out, and you can get actually pretty good, like pretty good odds when you parlay a few things together. So that's actually a lesson I've been learning a little bit with my baseball bet builders. Um, and it, you need to play it safe when you're doing the same game stuff. Like as much fun as it is to like, oh, if I take it from like one to two, I'm going to up my payout by like, you know, it goes from plus 160 to plus 190. And I've just been kind of finding. So this is just in the last like two weeks here on the Jays. My bad beats. I missed a three to one parlay, a plus 300 parlay by one Manoa strikeout. I could have taken him at four. I brought it up to five. I missed because he ended with four. I missed a five to one parlay because I took Teoscar Hernandez over one and a half bases instead of just over half a base. Missed it. That was the last leg I needed. Didn't get it. And then Bo Bichette, I missed a four to one parlay because again, I took him over one and a half bases when I should have just played it safe and took him at one taken the lesser payout it would have knocked it down to like three to one instead of four to one but and that one was also super annoying because Bo came up in the bottom of the eighth it was a nothing game the Jays were up by a million and he smoked one to the fence and I was like yes got my over one and a half like parlay hits and the camera pans to Bo and he like rounds first but they're up by a lot so he kind of just like chuckles and goes back to the bag it's like, no, oh, what are you no. doing? <laughs> Bo, had, that was my bet. No. Uh, yeah, that was a tough one. That was a that bad was a beat. tough one. Yeah. So I just put together you... another little one on the Jays today, Tyler. Well, what do you think about this one? So over four and a half runs for the Jays. Money line, Toronto, and just a Chapman uh, over half base. That gets you a plus 375. Yeah. See, like that's that's a safe one, right? Like you're taking the runs, which they've been getting a ton of. And Brady Singer, like he's not that good. That That's a big problem with the Royals. They are the worst team in baseball and their starting pitching just isn't that good. So they, I like the safe play there. And then, yeah, you do. It's an almost a little hedge off your big parlay. Because you just have a couple less pieces, but it's similar. Uh, Singer, by the way, in his last two games has allowed 10 earned runs. So, yeah, I like the Jays. Uh, chances of the Jays lighting them up in this one. You guys are going to talk about F1 in just a second. Um, but this weekend is one of my favorite golf tournaments of the year. And it's uh, the RBC Canadian Open. And I love this thing. One, it's the big golf tournament in Canada. And two, and I think this is part of the reason, because sometimes it doesn't get like all the big names. But because there's this weird thing going on with that Saudi tour in the PGA and there's a Saudi tour event going on, I think a lot of the big guns were like, let's play this weekend. Like, let's keep the eyeballs on the PGA tour because you have Scotty Scheffler, world number one masters champion, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Cameron Smith, Shane Lowry, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns, Corey Connors, obviously the Canadian. Um, but there's like a ton of big names in this weekend's tournament. So a couple of plays that I like in this one. And I was going to ask you because I've never been again, just like basketball. I've never bet on golf before. So I want to ask you about some of the fun props you can do on a golf tournament. So there's a few different ways to bet on golf. You can just do outrights for the tournament and you can bet on someone to come first. You can bet on someone to come top five, top 10 or top 20. And those are, you know, you're going to be watching the whole weekend. I usually go heavy on a couple guys because it really makes it interesting if you get to Sunday and you have some guy who was like 40 to one to win and he's in contention, right? The only thing I would also always say is if you're going to take someone like, you know, this weekend, I'll, I'll throw a little on Mackenzie Hughes because he's a good Canadian boy and it'll be kind of fun to watch him play at this tournament. And I actually think his game lines up 
pretty well for the course. Um, he's 75 to one to win. I'm also going to throw a little bit on nine to one on him to come top five. So if he comes second and you're not sitting there being like, God damn, like you're still going to get a pretty nice payout on something. Um, there's also ways to bet sort of day to day because it's a four day tournament. You can do round one leader. And one bet I love in terms of a round one leader is Cameron Smith. He's the lowest, one of the lowest scoring or is he might be the lowest scoring first round player on tour right now. And I just think you're going to get him at, I think it was like 20 to one uh, on him to lead the first round. I think that's tremendous value. It's a great play. He usually starts weekends really, really, or tournaments really, really well. Um, I like that. The other thing you can do, and Liam, I think you really like these, and it's something called a three ball. So the sports books will just go and they'll randomly, or not random, but they'll group together three golfers based on when they're playing and all that. They'll group together three golfers and you just get to pick who's going to lead the trio in that round. So a spot I really like there, and I just lost it on my screen. Um, but Nick Taylor is in a group with JJ Spawn and Tony Finau. Finau's the favorite at plus 115, but I think Nick Taylor at plus 220 is in a really, really interesting spot there. Um, you also have the Canadian angle. Um, and I also like Justin Rose. He's in a three-way with Tyrell Hatton and Harold Varner. And I think Rose at plus 210 is really good. Like you get some really, really intriguing payouts uh, on these three-way bets. And I can't find Justin Thomas's, but I love JT. So I'm probably betting on JT as well a few different ways this weekend so cam smith to lead after the first round i think is a really really nice spot and then i also like justin thomas to win at 11 to 1 Corey connors to come top five and top 10 uh, plus 350 and plus 220 is a great spot as well and uh, i'm also going to be playing a ton of DraftKings for this because golf DraftKings is the it's up there for the most fun to play DraftKings for so i'm doing that as well how do uh, how do points work in DraftKings? So you'll get like three points for a birdie, two points for a par. If it's a bogey, you get like nothing. Um, if they're leading the tournament, then your guy will have like 20 points. And what that does, because it's different points based on where they sit in the standings. So you'll sit there and you'll fire up DraftKings and you'll be like, oh man, like I'm so far out of the money. And then like one of your guys will knock down two birdies and go from 20th to third and you will just like shoot up the rankings. Um, the plug I wanted to give here, if you want to get into DraftKings, there's this guy on Twitter. His name's Tyler Tambaline. Uh, Tambo is what he goes by. Toe tag and Tambo is his at. And he is unreal at breaking stuff down. He's also unreal in general at DFS golf. Like he posts his winnings all the times and it's stupid. Um, but he does this thread every week called Tambo's tidbits and it's like analytics and he breaks everything down, but he gives it to you in like a really concise way. So if you're looking to play uh DraftKings, go to uh, Tambo's tidbits on Twitter. I'll retweet it right now as well, actually. Um, Cause it's really, really good stuff. So that's your golf breakdown. If you want to get in, it's a Canadian tournament. There's a couple Canadians in the field that are in really, really interesting spots as well. Um, and there's some big names. So if you're a golf nerd, it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, oh, wow. We're going long today. I didn't even notice that. Uh, let's wrap up with a little F1 talk. What do you guys got? Early race this weekend, Liam. I don't know if I, I might have to PVR this baby and just ignore social media for a little bit before. Uh, so what I can, time does it go? It starts at 5 a.m. Mountain. It's an interesting sport to follow for that reason is just because 
sometimes you're waking up at seven and then you get the North American race and it's at noon and you're like, huzzah. And then this weekend's at 5. AM. So Azerbaijan, I'm looking at the track right now. There is a couple of DRS zones, which is fun. I'm really just, I don't know about you, Liam, but I'm just looking for a more fun race than Monaco. I thought that was extremely boring and dry for the most part outside of, you know, Leclerc had that, that pit issue that, bumped him down from first to fourth, which was shocking, especially considering I had him in my DraftKings. But I'm just looking for a more fun race here in Azerbaijan. I think especially too, considering Spain was the week before or when the race before, whenever it was. And that one was actually pretty fun. There was a lot of overtaking, like a lot of, a lot of stuff was happening. And yeah, Monaco, like once, once you get in front, you just park your car and just drive in the middle and no one's going by you. Right. Like, and that's just kind of how it is. But Azerbaijan's good because it's always quite a variety of winners. Like I think the last four or five, at least have been different winners every single time. Like uh, Perez won last year, like Bottas has won, Ricardo has won there. So, but this week, I think I'm going to go back to Max Verstappen to kind of get back on. There was obviously a bit of controversy. I guess you can call it controversy, I suppose, when Perez won over Max, like Max's dad was not very happy with it. Um, but I could see Red Bull kind of pushing it back on, being like, Max is our guy, like, sorry, sorry, Checo, you know, like, make way. Yeah, Perez, you got your win last weekend in Monaco. Like, uh, yeah. you just, you got the win and you signed an extension with Red Bull. It's it's back to Max chasing the championship again. And yeah. also, you would have to assume for Verstappen, he wants a bounce back from last year because he he was uh, he had a retirement last year in Azerbaijan. I, so, And I think he was winning when he retired. Or he was right up there at least. So you would, yeah, like you said, like you would imagine he wants to get back in, back in the good books in Azerbaijan. And then also another one that I kind of liked was... Um, I don't know if this will happen this year, but a trend that has happened is uh, Vettel has finished, I believe, top six in his last five races mm-hmm. at Baku. Uh, so right now for him to finish top six is 10 to one. So just a little trend that's happened. Mm. He's actually been racing better, I think. Like he missed the first, was it the first race or the second race or both maybe? Like, I guess he's had a few races behind everybody, but he seems to kind of be, gaining a bit more speed every week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, it's a little bit early, so I'll probably be PVRing it and ignoring social media for the first you know, two hours of my day so I can watch the race without getting spoilers. <laughs> Last time I did this, Liam, uh, rookie mistake on my part. Again, first year into totally into F1. PVR'd it, recorded, but then just not thinking, I opened up my app to look at my DraftKings and how I did and just, well, there's the race. Whoopsies. <laughs> all right i like that 10 to 1 bet um i don't know anything about f1 but you got stats to back up a 10 to 1 bet damn it i'm in to be fair he raced for ferrari for three of those five races so i don't know if it'll even work anymore but like i don't know Bell's a good racer so we can see what happens all right good stuff yeah. And, uh, the head to head bets are always interesting in a race like mm. this. Um, I always like those. They don't have anything up too too much yet. Um, but one that I would be looking for is one that's a little bit interesting to me is Daniel Ricardo to beat Lando Norris at plus 200. Lando has been racing well, but this is like you said, this is a race that Ricardo has won before. So that one would, ha- that one's interesting to me. Um, I just like the head to heads. I think those are fun going into a race like this, especially there's, there's, like I said, there's two DRS zones. There's a long straightaway. So hopefully we get some interesting, interesting, um, 
outcomes. I've said it before, but I like doing the group ban on F1 too. Just the, just the kind of mini races within the race is always kind of fun to track. It's it's almost like that three ball that Tyler was talking yeah. about for the golf. Very similar. One that I like too is uh, first lap retirements at plus 120. Uh, yes. I always think those are funny because you never know what can happen in an F1 race. And when you've got a guy like Latifi on the track, <laughs> you never know because that guy crashed last weekend before the race even started. <laughs> so the two Canadian races were out of the race before he even began. <laughs> uh, red flag yeah, plus 150. Um, you don't want to see a red flag, obviously, to halt it, but that's an interesting one. Um, there's an opportunity maybe for some crashes here. So interesting bets you can always put on an F1 leading up to qualifying on Saturday. Should be fun. Got F1, got golf, got NBA finals, NHL conference finals still going on. And uh, we got baseball starting in like 14 minutes. So let's wrap this it's bad boy up. see parlays coming from the baseball. Yeah. Let me throw one quick juicy parlay at everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a soccer one. There's oh, a lot yes. of internationals going on right now. So they do this thing called Nations League. It's basically just glorified friendlies. So Turkey was relegated from B to C last year, and the C groups are terrible. And Turkey's actually pretty good. So for, to put it into perspective, Turkey's the 43rd ranked team in the world, went to the Euros two years ago. Now they're in a group with Luxembourg, who's 94, Faroe Islands, who's 124th, and Lithuania at 138. And the Bucks quite haven't grasped onto the idea of like Turkey are actually really good and all these teams suck. So yesterday I hit one. They've won every game by more than three goals, by the way. They've only played two, but they're going to continue to do it. So if you do Turkey to win, them to score two or more goals, and then another one I like to do just to kind of bump the odds up, is to bound how many corners there will be in a game. Okay. So if you do over <laughs> six corners, it gets you to plus 250. And it's hitting back-to-back games, and it's going to continue to hit because these other teams just don't have anybody who can score, and or anyone in particular. And Turkey have like players that play all over Europe, Champions League, like are really good players. And they're just in this group because they kind of got screwed over last year. So there's one. And also Ukraine to win today against the Republic of Ireland. There we you go. Get a BLT sandwich for this for this episode because I got I got my first leg. If you guys want to play, okay, what is it? I got I got one. I got Jay's. We're gonna get a juicy one here. We're gonna go for. Or I'm I'm swinging. So I got Jay's bet first inning winner <laughs> plus two forty. <laughs> All right. You, you know what's like funny. One? You know you I know what's like funny is. Like I'm sitting here right now with the sports book open. I literally just bet on that four minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jay's, Jay's first, first inning. Winner. Liam, what do you got? I'll do Ukraine to win. It was plus 187 on my book. Ukraine to win against the Republic of Ireland. Okay. Wow. This is, this is, <laughs> this is aggressive. This is very aggressive. So I will go with, uh, I feel bad if I don't throw something aggressive in here, but I'm going to play relatively safe. I really like your but bet. Do you have to? Because we've lost these on the third leg at times. Do you uh, have to go aggressive? No. Uh, no, Liam, I'm going to take, I really like your uh, Steph Curry one over 28 and a half points. All right. Plus so 2,239. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. That bet has been placed. All right. Ka-ching. Uh, good episode, boys. We'll be back uh, to talk Stanley Cup finals and some other stuff next week. Uh, have a All good right. week. Don't forget to join our Twitter community. 
Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.